0: Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, Season 5, Episode 12, for Saturday, the 1st of April, 2023. And before we start, let me assure you this is an April full free zone. Coming up in the podcast this week, we're back from Lisbon, and in a shock news announcement, I didn't do any writing this week. There is a good reason for it, of course, and all will be explained. I finally got around to making the most of a marketing opportunity that every author gets when their books are exclusive to Amazon. I'll tell you what it is and I'll share my schedule and strategies with you in the show notes. And I've just finished my edits on book two in my trilogy. I'll let you know what's happening next with that. Okay, let's start with the writing update. Why on earth didn't I write this week? Well, as I said, there is a good reason. While we were in Lisbon, I realized that it's the end of the UK tax year on Wednesday the 5th of April next week. Now, if you've listened to these diaries, you know I've just got last year's tax return, in. I think was it at the end of January that I had to be in. So it feels like I'm doing tax all the time, but that was actually a late tax return for me. I don't usually leave it that long. I usually like to get it in as soon as I can after the 6th of April when the new uh, new tax year begins. So I've got some non-writing related work that I need to do before this tax year ends, lots of jiggery pokery. Now, I also had an accountant call before we went to Lisbon, in which we discussed a couple of tax effective moves that I can make for this tax year. So effectively, I've got until the 5th of April to move everything around, you know, move the squares around and make the pattern I want. So that's why I decided while I was in Lisbon, I thought, you know, what, I actually just need to Bump the book for a bit, I've got plenty of time with this, and I need to focus on this, and just make sure all this is in place by the end of this tax year. So I'll just talk about this a little bit, and sorry to start with something as dry as tax, Uh, and this is for the UK only, and it's not financial advice, I hasten to add. Um, But if you've got a limited company, uh, and you're a writer, the amount of tax-free dividends that we can take out of the business is about to reduce over successive years. So again, not financial advice, I'm just an idiot as far as money's concerned, but I'll just talk you through uh, the process I'm following. That we have um, each director can take out two thousand pounds in this tax year as tax-free dividends. That's this tax year. But next tax year, that amount is going to reduce to a thousand pound per director, and the year after that, it reduces to five hundred pound per director, which is barely worth getting out of bed for. So. Um, Because the uh, tax-free dividends are reducing, it just makes sense to me because it's a way of taking money out of the business in a tax-effective way that I I want to do that. So I've just been paying some dividends uh, at the end of this tax year, just making sure they go into this tax year. And then I'm going to be paying some other dividends as soon as we get into the next tax year as well. But I just wanted to make sure I could make the most of my tax-free allowances while I could. I've got some other things not at all related to writing going on too that I need to take care of. So I've spent all of this week crunching my end of tax year numbers, doing a bit of this, doing a bit of that. All sorts of boring stuff that I need to do. And obviously I need to issue my dividend certificates for the business before the 5th of April. All of these things uh, need to be done. Uh, I've done an awful lot of number crunching and messing around this week. My eyes are kind of, you know, out on on stalks. I'd rather be writing, frankly. But this is something that's on a deadline. I do want to get it tidied up before the end of this tax year. So consequently, I'm only going to be writing one day next week. That will be on Monday, the 3rd of April. And uh, that will allow me to finish off the work that I need to do before the new tax year starts, which is, I think, is it, is it Thursday next week? Something like that. Um, I need to get it all done by them. I will then finish the third book in the trilogy over the next four weeks. Now, rather annoyingly, now when I was at work, I wouldn't have said this, but now I work for myself, and every day is potentially a work day. I work when I want to and don't work when I don't want to, which means that all seven days of the week are in scope, as far as I'm concerned. It just goes with the ebb and flow of, of family life, holidays, and whatever we're doing elsewhere. So we've got a load of UK bank holidays coming up. We've got a ridiculous amount coming up over the next couple of months. I wouldn't have said this if I was working, uh, you know, at a normal job, by the way. But I think we've got two two holidays coming up in April, uh, which is uh, Good Friday and Easter Monday. And then in May, we've got three Mondays coming up. We've got uh, two normal May holidays. And then we've got the King's Coronation coming up as a bank holiday too. So, of course, Monday is my writing day is a day I write because my wife's at work but because it's bank holidays for four Mondays over the next two months my wife can't go into work because work's closed uh, which means it writes it off as a writing day for me, which is rather annoying, my wife's really annoyed at it too, because she only works part-time and it kind of messes up her her leave, she has to take a day's leave for the Monday, so we're both really disgruntled about the number of bank holidays that there are over the next um, sort of eight weeks, but uh, you know, we wouldn't have been if we were were at normal work, doing full-time work, we'd have lived for those bank holidays when that was the case, so that's going to disrupt my writing, that's why I'm telling you that, and also my mum is visiting for a week in April too. So with all that factored in, it's just the last chapters are just going to be spread out over a couple of weeks. That's just kind of how it is really. I'm not too worried about that because I I must get this tax done as a priority. Then I'll get the book finished as a priority. But I sat down when we got back from Lisbon. I looked through the diary. I looked at when... Uh, Claire Cronshaw is delivering books back to me when I need to have books delivered to Claire. It all fits in beautifully. I've got plenty, plenty of time. So that that's what I'm going to do, just rearrange my schedule to make it fit into life nicely. Uh, also, when I got back from, from Lisbon, I've just finished uh, editing book two, which I'll talk to you about in a moment. I just want to have a, a little bit more thought to just the final chapters of book three. So I'm I'm happy to have this breathing time just to have finished book two. To have signed that off and said well, i'm happy with that story to have fixed some of the plot elements in my mind and then to be able to move on to book three and then put that book to bed so the key point in all of this is is that in our own businesses we are the boss we make the rules and we could organize our lives to do what we want when we want and i just realized that with all this tax stuff to do i could either cram it into the evenings or actually when i looked at the schedule just move it all around Uh, I moved it all around there's plenty of time to get everything done it means I'm not in a rush everything will get delivered on time and I think that if we can't operate that like that in businesses that we run if we can't take time out and say okay I'm throwing out that schedule for a week I'm doing something completely different if we can't operate like that then all we've created for ourselves is another day job where we don't have any maneuverability so there's no point working for yourself unless you're able to to do that otherwise you're just a slave to a different system. So uh, that's why I did it, no reason why not. Um, Everything will get done in time uh, and the book will be delivered in time. with plenty of time for me to edit it and do all the things that I need to do before I hand book three to Claire Cronshaw. So, So talking of that, let's move off the writing. You won't have, You'll get some writing updates over the next couple of weeks, but they won't be substantial work counts. I won't be doing my 14,000, 15,000 words for the next couple of weeks. It'll be much lower than that. So that takes me to the editing update, neatly. What I, what I have done, while I've been doing all the other accountancy work, is I have been making sure I've sort of bumped the editing of book two forward um, so that I'm, I'm being productive in a writing sense. So book two, I just finished this before I started recording the podcast. Book two is now edited by me my wife is on a quite a long train journey because there are train diversions up to Scotland today she's up in Glasgow today with a a slightly longer journey than normal it normally takes an hour I think it's about an hour and a half to two hours because of the diversions they're doing uh, work on the tracks at the moment so I said well I can help to pass the journey time you've now got the whole of uh, book two Uh, it's time for you to do your read so my wife's always my my first reader so she's going to work through that She'll, ha- she'll have that read in no time at all, uh, pro- probably on this journey there and back today, if I'm really lucky. Uh, I'll make my wife's corrections. When my wife has made her corrections, queries, changes, all of that, I will then go through, what will I do next? Claire Cronshaw sent me a, a sort of Bible, a book Bible for book one, um, in which she sort of said, this is how we're spelling words you know, across the trilogy, uh, you know, this is how we're referring to such and such across the trilogy, all the key points that she made from editing book one. I'll go through that list and apply that list to book two. I will then run it through Grammarly and the word grammar and spelling checks to make sure I've caught as many of the things that I can catch beforehand. And I will then pass it over to Claire for her edit. Now that edit is scheduled for the 15th of April. I'm going to send it the manuscript to Claire on Thursday the 13th of April interesting that's also the date when I have another appointment with the accountant which is why I need to have all this work done by the time I have that appointment on the 13th of April with the accountant so that's a kind of accountancy deadline that I've got where we we um, I need to kind of present all the paperwork and say there you go get on with it bring it all together as this year's tax return. So. Um, fortuitously the 14th of April is our wedding anniversary so I've designated that as a day of no work and for for fun I don't know what we'll do on that day go out for lunch maybe go to the cinema we'll just have some fun on that day on our anniversary day so my deadline uh, to have book two finished is Thursday the 13th of April and uh, so Claire will have it about two days early Uh, she won't start work to it until the Easter holidays are finished uh, I think Um, but that'll come back whenever it comes back end of April I think that's due back by which time about which time book through three will be finished and ready for me to edit. so you know it's like a sausage factory all of this all all sorts of things ready at different times Um, so yeah everything's getting done Uh, everything's progressing towards the the deadline dates I mean Plenty of time, got loads of time to check everything. Uh, I've been not not in a rush for everything, everything's scheduled at a nice pace. So I've been editing at five chapters a day. Uh, That works well. I'm fresh. I'm happy editing like that. I don't like to do too much editing at once. So that five chapter a day editing policy, it's an hour to two hours work for me every day editing, uh, you know, depending on how much needs to be done. But that works uh, really well for me. And I'm quite happy editing like that. If I did any more, I wouldn't be happy, but I am happy doing that level of editing every day. So that brings you up to date then with my writing and editing. Just a couple of things to say, well actually quite a lot of things to say about marketing this week. Uh, As far as BookBub is concerned, since we last spoke, I had listed Now You See How wide on BookBub. They've knocked that back. I've had my 12-pack rejected again. I've had my Walker Bay uh, Trilogy, the three-pack, the box set, rejected and then yesterday i submitted my don't tell meg times three my my box set that was submitted i submitted it as an international only deal so that's the uk canada and australia that would cost me about 274 dollars like something like that i've submitted that and i'm just waiting for a reply as far as that is concerned so i'm on a real drought with my psychological thrillers and bookbub I am beginning to think that I'm probably going to have to wait until my new series is out it, it just feels that maybe those books are uh, too old now and maybe they've lost interest in them and they're looking for something fresher but I will have something fresh obviously when I start to release the new series um as soon as I've got well I won't you see I won't bookbub that series until I've got the first 3 books released so I'm not going to be in a position to bookbub the new series until January 2024 Otherwise, I can't make any money out of it. I might sell zillions of copies of book one. But if people can't move on to book two and book three and help me make my money from a BookBub deal, there's no point listing it. So I won't be listing that new book until, or trying that new book with BookBub until January 2024. So in the meantime, I'll keep thrashing the old stuff. Uh, Every now and then I come up with a, a new wheeze, a new idea that might make them give it a try. So what I'm tending to do now is I'm trying international deals and removing the US from that just to see if that makes it slightly more attractive for them in a a different configuration. But I'll just keep going. And you never know, one of these days I might just get lucky with BookBub again. As I've said to you before, I have just less than a a fifty percent success rate with Cobo promos, and I look at Cobo promos. I try and do it once a week, but certainly once every fortnight. And then I sub- I submit to any promos that I'm eligible for. I generally don't go for paid promos with Cobo because I don't really make enough sales. I usually go for the ones where they they take a percentage cut. So I've had a. Well, in fact, one of the Kobo promos has just started today. But since I last recorded a podcast for you, I've been accepted to a an Easter super sale, which is taking place in Australia, New Zealand and the United Kingdom on Kobo. It runs from the 31st of March, which is today as I'm recording this, to April the 17th. And I've submitted the Grid Trilogy box set which they've accepted so i can't even remember what the deal is on that but uh, i think maybe i've priced it at 199 something like that so we'll see whether we we shift any copies but past experience has told me i might make a couple of quid from it um you know and it's nice to just get the sci-fi books out there and hopefully find a new audience but i won't make a lot of money if i make much money at all Now, here is something. I'm going to go into this in in quite some detail, and I'm going to give you a little resource on this week's show notes because this is something I've been meaning to do for ages. Uh, You know, if, if I sat down and wrote down all the things I've been meaning to do and get round to, you know, this is apart from just actually writing the books and, and, and editing them and getting them published, which which frankly is the main part of our business, and then doing some marketing. But this is a job I, I've just meant to do for ages. I've been aware that I should have been doing it for ages. And I finally got around to it. And it didn't take very much time, as, as it wouldn't have done. So as you know, all my thrillers are listed with Amazon. So I'm committed to a Kindle Unlimited three-month tie-in period. And during that period, when I'm I'm listed in KU... I get access to free Kindle countdown deals and free Kindle promotions, and I've never really used those before. Unless they, unless I'd got uh, maybe a bargain booksy, a free booksy, or a bookbub, I've never really used those promos unless I've, I've got uh, some other uh, email promo based around those. And, and that's kind of wasting opportunity, really, because it, you know each book that I've got, and I've got however many thrillers I've written now—is it 19, whatever it is whatever it is, uh, I can't remember, however many thrillers I've written now, all, uh, with the exception of Now You See Her, which is listed wide, all of those thrillers I could uh, put on a promotion of some kind. Now, because of the way I've got my series structured, uh, I, I'd have to be careful, I can't put like book two and three in a promo, unless book one is in on a promo, in, in a trilogy. There are only certain configurations that make any sense, so there's no point in me in isolation, for instance, uh, putting book... Uh, four or seven in my Morecambe Bay series uh, at a discount unless I've got some way of leading people into that promotion. It's not really going to do much good. Anyhow, I've gone through all the thrillers that I've got, all the thrillers that it makes any strategic sense to list, and I've scheduled them on either a Kindle countdown deal or a free promo before the end of my current tie period. So my current tie period will end on the 27th of May. Some of them are free, some of them are priced at 99p. Now, some of them I'm just going to you know, either price them at 99p and free, and just leave it and wait for people, if they do, within Kindle's uh, or Amazon's infrastructure to just find them and maybe buy them. And that's just with a view of finding new readers and, and getting those readers into my ecosystem. But where some of them, where I've reduced the price to 99p, and that's gonna be on box sets most of the time, I will, uh, some of them I will use with Facebook promotion to give them a push because they're a really good deal. So I, I've kind of gone through all the books, come up with a, a strategy. Some of them it makes sense to to spend some money on Facebook with. Some of them doesn't, it'll just be organic but what i'm trying to do is make the most of the promotions that are freely available to me because i'm listed in kindle unlimited and i say that the joint pronged strategy of that is to find new organic readers um, and also to to promote them to targeted readers where it makes sense to spend some money on a on a facebook promotion budget so um that will also incidentally, if I ever get around to writing my monthly emails to my list, and, and you know, that time is surely getting closer as I get closer to actually releasing my new books, I'm gonna to have to do it then. So I'm gonna to have to bite the bullet then. But what that that cycle does is it means pretty well that any time I write an email to my list, I'm gonna have one of these promos going, which gives me something to promote to my list as well. So it kind of ties in really nicely with that. Now. that's all quite complicated but what I've done is I've put all of that into a spreadsheet and I've taken a screenshot of the of that spreadsheet so that you could look at all the titles of my books and you can see the 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 dates and the promos that I'm going to do you can see whether they're organic whether I haven't uh, they're not on a promotion at all uh, or whether I'm actually going to have a little bit bit of Facebook spend in the in the US and the UK so if you go to this week's show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com, dot just look for this uh, this week's episode, which is uh, episode twelve, season. What are we on now? Season five, is it? Yeah, season five, episode twelve, and you'll see that uh, a screenshot of that spreadsheet. You'll be able to see exactly what I'm I'm doing with that. Um, and but the other thing, the other thing I have to do, I have to be quite careful with this, because if I and um, if I get a book bub, I don't want to spend my promo period before I get a book bub now don't quote me on this because I'm a, I'm a bit fuzzy about the details but if I remember correctly I can't remember which one it is I think it's on the countdown deal something like if you price something at if you price something down on the countdown deal or the free deal that you get you keep more of the money than if you were to just list it free or discounted you know in your, in your listings uh, now, you, you probably know that better than me, but I'm, I'm sure you keep more of the money and I can't quite remember how it works. Um, so, what I ha- so what I have to be mindful of is I don't want to give away a week's promotion per period at the begin- beginning of a Kindle Unlimited per- a period and then find I get a book bub and then find I can't sort of maximize the money I'm taking when I do a book bub promo. It makes more sense to have a discount, say on a box set at 99p as part of a countdown deal for, for a week, that it does for me to price that down as, as as the listing price. So I'm sure I'm sure there's an advantage there. I, I should have checked the sort of details of that before I, I spoke to you right now, but I'm sure most of you will, will, will know that better than I do. Anyhow, take a look at that screenshot. If you are listed in KU and you've got a number of books, um, you, this just might be something you might like to consider. Now what I'd like to do with this, I'd like to be organized enough and relentless enough to be doing this every, Quarter that I'm list my thrillers are listed in Ku. That's what I'd like to be doing. So this is a rolling program of me promoting the books and using all these free promos that Amazon lets me have, and then occasionally turning on or off my Facebook ads to to promote a certain product either in the UK um, or the US. I don't really, uh, I don't really find Facebook ads work well enough for me in Canada and Australia to sort of justify. Uh, Facebook ads for that period I generally have most success on Facebook in the UK and the US but anyhow it's there for a look uh, see what you think of it and it might inspire you to try something similar. Lots of other writing related news for you this week I paid for I don't know whether I told you this I can't remember but I, I paid to attend a wide for the win webinar with Erin Wright and this was basically about uh, listing wide, things you need to do and don't do when listing wide. Um, the biggest kind of learning point I took from this is that you should list direct directly with Barnes and Noble uh, and don't use the distributor. So I currently list through Barnes and Noble via Draft2Digital. And it was very strong to say list directly, I think, in Apple and list directly in Barnes & Noble. And then I, I added that to my long list of things to do, many of which won't get done. And then interestingly, Amelia D. Hay posted, I think Amelia, we reckon she must have been on the same webinar that I was. And Amelia had said that she, she'd gone to Barnes & Noble to list directly. And then as a UK resident, I think had got in some kind of taxation hell, if I remember correctly. Um, but she'd posted on Twitter to say, I tried this and this was a bit of a nightmare. It's turning out to be a bit of a di- nightmare. Don't do it. So so that's gone right at the bottom of my things Things to do that will probably never get done list. So I'm not going to list directly on, on Barnes and Noble. So it's like, you know, one step forward, one step back, back as far as that was concerned. Um, But I think Erin's doing the next phase of those uh, webinars shortly. I'll wait and see what the details are before I decide whether to sign up uh, for that. Um, John Cronshaw got in touch and uh, gave me some inspiration actually, which is another big marketing job that I did before. I think it was before I went to Lisbon, I'm sure it was. Uh, John Cronshaw dropped me a line and it was just saying that he's got 3,763 followers on his Amazon, um, you know, follow accounts that we can now look f- at through Author Central. And um, John said that he started to include follow buttons for Amazon and BookBub at the bottom of his weekly email. So I promptly went up and signed up for John's weekly emails to see what he's doing, because I like to investigate anything that sounds like great practice. And um, and, I, and I saw how he did that. I hadn't realized you could do that on MailerLite. Emails. So, <laughs> if I ever get to sending emails out to my list again, and at a point where I might have time to do the job, um, I am going to do the same. That that's, it's an obvious thing to do. Um, and if MailerLite provide a nice little icon for us to do that, then I, I should do it. Now, what John mentioned is that, and, and this is something I, I, I one of these things I've done. The other thing I hadn't done. So, John mentioned that you could get a you could get BookBub fo- uh, follow me buttons. Uh, and you get them actually on the BookBub site. So if you go to Google and put uh, BookBub follow buttons, it will take you to the the BookBub blog, and uh, it gives you a little bit of code. And I've actually had the follow me button coded on my on self publishing Journeys. That's been coded on there for ages. Uh, but I don't. Th- I think I had it at the top of my author page for each genre because you can follow me in three different ways on BookBub. I've got a non-fiction profile, I've got a science fiction profile, and I've got a thriller profile. So I had the follow me uh, button. I'm, I'm pretty sure I had the button at the top of my author page. Anyhow, when John wrote to me, I thought, okay, right, what I need to do is be a little bit more organized. So what I've now done at PaulTig.net, my author website, and if you go and have a look, you'll see how I've done it. I've now got a an orange button that you can click at the top and the bottom of each of those uh, my book listing pages, which is follow me on Amazon and follow me on BookBub. There's a red button for BookBub, there's a, a, an orange button for Amazon, and I've styled them in the same sort of colors that you would expect from those sites. Now, with the BookBub button, you can code it. You, at the end of the link to your author profile, you just put a question mark, followers equals true. When they click on that link, it kind of auto follows you on BookBub, and I was doing a little bit of exploring online. They said there's a little bit of code you could insert with, with Amazon or any clever thing you could do with Amazon. So that they click follow me on Amazon, it automatically does the follow. I can't work out how to do that. And I can't see anybody who's done that on their website. I, I couldn't find a clever way around that. So on, on the Amazon one, I followed what John's done which is that he's just got the button and when you click on the button it it brings you to some kind of author page I'm not quite sure what the page is but I I kind of backwards engineered John's link it's like a kind of general author page for you and um, I've just I've done the same link to that and the follow button is on that on that page it's very clearly visible at the top of that page so if you go and have a look at my go and have a look at my PaulTig.net author site. You'll see it straight away on the front page and have a click on the buttons if you want to. But I think that now, now I can actually see the numbers of people following me on amazon it's made me feel a little bit more kind of competitive about that i want to get those numbers up um but but also you know i've always i've always known that the more numbers the more followers you've got on amazon you know clearly when you release new books they'll all get a mail about a new book and that and that's hugely beneficial i've already benefited from that on bookbub i've actually got quite a lot of followers through my thrillers on bookbub and i know that when they send that email out, I, I make sales so there are they're, they're, these are free marketing tools that Amazon and BookBub give us. And let's face it, we spend enough money on their platform, so they ought to be giving us something useful away for free. Um, so this is something I, I recommend that you kind of put on your radar because it's just a, a great way of, of building a free list of people. And BookBub and Amazon will, will email them and message those people when you've got a new release out and you'll make some sales from that for free, which is great. So I've put a couple of links on the show notes page. Um, you could get. Uh, there's a, I, I put the link to the BookBub book follow us buttons page, where you can just cut and paste a bit of code. And if anybody knows how to code, and, and this is this has been a little bit of complicated, a little bit of code that some some bright spark somewhere on the web will have worked out. If anybody knows if there is some some html code that we could just you know cut and paste and and, uh, cannibalize so that you just click a single button and it auto follows you on amazon uh, do do let me know i'll I'll share that because that's really the the dream something really neat where you just click one button at the moment the the easiest way you could do it is through two clicks one click to get to the amazon page and then they have to click the follow button it's not not as neat as it could be in my opinion So a little bit more marketing work for you there. And again, that's really another trick that I missed, a little bit annoying. And also, you know, what John was saying about putting it in your MailerLite footer or your email footer. These are all, they're just free, sensible, simple things that we could do. And, you know, we should do those because they don't cost us anything and they do bring marketing benefits. I think I told you just before I went to Lisbon that Ingram Spark had got in touch with me. Ingram are introducing a new marketing method it's it's through a separate website you don't go through the main ingram website but basically they've they've built up uh, amazon facebook and google targeted lists and they're letting authors promote their books via those targeted lists and of course these are lists of of readers sort of stroke paperback readers uh, and, and they're letting us uh, jump on their coattails with this. So I was straight in there originally a couple of months ago because I'm really interested in it. Then I found I couldn't do it because it was open to US people only. And then uh, I uh, the lady got in touch with me and said, do you want us to put you on the list for the UK? She got in touch with me just before we went to Lisbon and said, we're opening it up to the UK now. And then she said, oh, no, sorry, this is the update for you. She said, um, are you VAT reg? I'm not VAT reg, VAT registered. So she said, "Okay, we're doing that reg first, and then they'll come to people like me. So the, the 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 UK author paupers, that's they're going to come to us next. So I'm still on the list, but I can't do anything with the Ingram Spark ads just yet. But as soon as they let me, I'll be in there, and I'll let you know what's going on." I wanted to just have a couple of big ups this week. Uh, firstly, for Amelia D. Hay, who presents the Authorpreneur podcast, one of my recommended podcasts. Um, she gave some great insights this week into Dean Wesley Smith's writing into the dark uh, principles. You know, when you you don't kind of plot your whole book, you, you you pants it effectively. But Dean Wesley Smith calls it writing into the dark. And Amelia, I think, had been a plotter before and had tried this 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 system and in this week's podcast episode she gives a really good breakdown of how that's worked for her so i enjoyed that episode uh, it was a nice long episode i mean i always enjoy the long episodes where you get you know right into the weed so that was very enjoyable thank you for that and also um to jerry evanoff and rich casey at the new author podcast it's another one of my recommended podcasts if you like the sort of thing that i do on this podcast you will like those podcasts too um and listening to what rich has been saying about um putting his his work on Vela, doing really well on Vela uh, and making some income from that. And he's finding it very motivational. Before again, before we went to, where do we go? Lisbon. Before we went to Lisbon, uh, listening to Rich talk about Vela, I investigated it on Kindle, on Amazon, because I thought, well, I've actually got two books, certainly one book ready and edited and just sitting there. And I thought what I'd really like to do is... I'm not going to release these books till October. I thought it would make all the sense in the world to me to release these books on Vela to a completely different audience because they're going to be edited and ready to go, you know, well before I'm ready to release the novels. Might as well try Vela, make a bit of money out of Vela. And and as Rich has been saying, he's been getting three-figure uh, bonuses because Vela is not um, hugely populated with authors, so because it's a new terrain, it's fairly easy, you know, to get some results on there. So I thought, all right, I'd like a bit of that action, thank you very much. Um, and and my novel's just sitting there doing nothing. What is it now? End of March, so April, May, June, July, August, September. It's going to be sat there for five, six months doing nothing. And I thought, wow, list it on Vela It's a completely different audience. Let's see if I can make some money on there. But As that experience reminded me, it's not open to UK authors at the moment. What I wanted to just check is does that mean does it mean UK authors can list but only sell in the US? No, UK authors can't use it at the moment. You could look at it, but the minute you go to list it says it's not available to UK authors. So everybody say a group prayer that they open that up in the next couple of months to UK authors while I've got my books edited and ready to go, because if they do I'm going to do that. I, I thought, you know, I can publish the whole series, my whole story. I'll serialize it and release it in maybe, I don't know, I'd have to release quite a few chapters a week, I think. I'd release it, I'd, I'd, I'll part and parcel it up so that the whole book is released on Vela by the time I'm ready to release book one. And then I'll, I'll kind of take it off Vela. I, I, I might not even take it off Vela, to be honest with you, but I, uh, I, you know, I'll release the whole thing on Vela, Then release them as full novels to a completely different audience. But I'd really like to give that a try. Listening to what Rich is saying, and if you are listening to this in the US, do ever listen to what Rich is saying because I thought, well, you know, I would actually make that part of my strategy. I think because I've I've often got books ready to go before you know before I can release them as novels, and I thought it'd make great sense to me to release them on Vela and they the whole you know so I could be making money out of them while they're set there waiting and I'm finishing writing and getting things edited and ready to release and then when I've got all three novels to release then I'll do my kind of you know one novel a month system and then the box set but in the meantime I could be making money from a completely different audience it makes all the sense in the in the world to me to do that so well it's always well worth listening to the new author podcast but uh, particularly i've been getting a lot of value from the conversations about villa at the moment and it's really made my sort of ears uh, prick up thinking "Mm, i'd like a bit of that action please i got some lovely reader feedback the other day Uh, i got an email from a reader uh, which said i don't know if i'm replying to you or if it's an automated post on to the second book and really enjoying them this is the Bay book. I met my husband at the Broadway Hotel in 1974, which is in Morecambe. He was working on the building of the nuclear power station at Hesham at the time, and we used to go to the C-house, sorry, the Seahorse Bar at the Midland Hotel, which is mentioned in a later book of mine. Uh, I think it might be the second trilogy, I can't remember. So it's relevant, although Morecambe isn't the town that it used to be, which is rather sad. And this reader said, thanks for bringing back happy memories. And this is one of the... The sort of side benefits I've found about writing uh, very locally based books is I get a lot of comments from people who live in and around Walker who say to me I really love reading about the local locations and this brought a memory back, that brought a memory back, you know it's really really lovely to get uh, emails like that and of course I'm just about to move on to that with Hull, I'm just about to write a book about Hull. I have written a book about Hull and I'll be targeting that locally through Facebook ads to to, you know to local people who remember Hull I'm just trying to think of course I know loads of people who who work at Radio Humberside still and I'm just trying to think whether I'm going to do this as a separate completely separate thing or whether I'm going to tap up some contacts before they all retire at Radio Humberside and um, you know see if I can get an interview on the radio there which ought to be fairly straightforward I would think or I hope so but um, I'm just trying to work out whether to kind of, I'm a, I'm a little bit shy and reticent about this. I don't know whether I want all my journalistic colleagues knowing that I'm, I've been writing books which are very strongly based in my kind of life and experience in Hull or whether I just want to do it on the quiet and just do it through Facebook ads. I mean, it, it'll trickle back to them eventually. But um, and when I was in Hull a couple of weeks ago, uh, was it? No, it was last summer, wasn't it? We went on holiday out there and I was researching some venues, I think I told you that I was doing a park run, and I met a lady that I used to work with on the breakfast show in Hull, and we had a chat, and I said, oh, I'm I'm here looking for inspiration for for a book for location inspiration, so they kind of know I'm writing now, but um, they don't know I'll have written a series about Hull, so I'm just, I'm just thinking about that one, whether I'm going to be daring or not, and try and make a big splash on the radio when I do it, so uh, that was nice, and also something else that happened this week, I'm on a, uh, because I'm obviously interested in in Hesham, Morecambe, Lancaster, it's where I used to live but also I'm writing books there. I'm a member of a Facebook group called Morecambe and Hesham past and present and I'm on that group because I see lots of uh, lots of places in the past, lots of photographs of places I'm talking about in the past and it's, it's inspired me and helped me as part of my Morecambe Bay series and again because I'm quite reticent about some of these things I had toyed with messaging the the person who runs that group and saying would you mind me plug in my books to this group because if they're interested in Morecambe and Hesham they'll probably be half interested in my books. I hadn't done that but interestingly we got what's like old-fashioned word of mouth this week because somebody's obviously, I've got, I'm targeting books in Morecambe and Hesham at the moment uh, through Facebook to hit a local audience, They're, they're locally targeted adverts. And this lady has clearly picked up the books and started reading them. She's either a local or she's somebody who's got local interest. And she she reposted my advert this week on the Morecambe and Heisham past and present and said, um, these are a really good read. So she, she that's the old fashioned kind of word of mouth that she shared it rather than me coming on to Morecambe and Heisham past and present and saying, hey, my books are great. Why don't you read them? it's much more powerful if somebody else does it for you, you know, on your behalf, and um, so she's done that, and people have commented underneath and liked it, and it's just, you know, a good way of getting the word out, you know, getting the books known locally, hopefully word of mouth, where people say, I read these books about Walker, you might enjoy these, it's just, you know, kind of useful, just, it's just useful stuff, and it all helps, none of it's going to change the world, but it's all useful stuff. Finally, then, in uh, this week's Sort of author general author updates, I thought I'd just mention in case you missed it written word media, these are the people who do the bargain booksy and the free booksy promos. They've just added five new categories to the promos that you can use with them. So they're now offering lit RPG, romantic comedy, westerns, western romances, and history. So if you write in any of those genres, you've now got specific email lists that you can target through Bargain Booksy and Free Booksy. And I got that information from the Written Word Media blog, which I get a lot of value from. I don't have uh, many links to share this week. I usually have a load, but I didn't really want to share that much this week. And I'm behind the news here. I'm late to the party with this particular first link to share. Uh, So you'll probably know this already if you listen to the podcast, but I'll mention it just in case you have missed it. There was an extra six-figure author Episode, uh, it's like a one-off episode that they released, uh, well, a week or two ago now, because I think it was just before we went to Lisbon, and uh, wow, what you know, what what a powerful episode that is. Uh, you know, I I always feel a bit down. I've, I obviously my sales were really high two years ago in, in COVID. They're you know they're they're not exciting me at all at the moment. They're, you know they're right back down again. I'm I'm sort of feeling a bit disappointed in them again. It all feels a bit of a struggle, but listening to Particularly, Joe and Andrea, Andrea sort of talking about their updates. Where Joe has started a new job, uh, Andrea is doing all sorts of other things and relying on different income. She's not relying on her writing income anymore. She's just had to put that aside because of what's going on in life. I mean, that that podcast, the last two episodes of it, have been really quite a painful listen. It's quite a painful listen. But, but actually, you know, I think you know Joe's done exactly the right thing. I, I think um, if you if you are, it's what I said a couple of weeks ago again about that I was hearing a lot of younger people who were making themselves, um, you know, physically or or, or or mentally ill, or they were experiencing mental or physical illness, and, and and to me as a listener, it seems to me that they're just working too hard, uh, you know, relentlessly. And that sometimes I think it's you know not a bad thing to just go back to work if you need to, even if it's part time work, just to relieve some of that, that pressure. I I would not have ever wanted to have the pressure of the bills and the house and all of those nasty things being entirely reliant reliant on author income. I would not want that. Seeing seeing how my income has has you know been low for a long time that That it was steady, that it went really high for a while, and now it 's back to sort of steady again, uh, steady, but not you know not as impressive as I would like it to be not impressive um, then i it 's just too much stress if you if if you 're using that money to pay bills if it 's extra income, or if you 've got somebody who takes the strain as far as the money's concerned then that that 's fine, but if you 're it, if you have to earn the money, or you know the house budgets rely on that money, I think that 's really, really stressful relying on writing so I think you know Joe's done a brave thing and what a tough thing you know to have to admit when you're on a a podcast called six-figure authors that's a tough thing to have to take when you're a six-figure I mean I haven't even been a six-figure author yet but um, I I think he's done the right thing I think he's done the right thing for his his sort of mental health and well-being Um, and he can come back to it you know you can change that at any time He might just take two years three years just to find his feet again and then if he wants to he, he can move on you don't have to do one thing you could change, so that you know that was very powerful. Listening to that, and Andrea too, um, just saying you know she's just in no. If you listen to Andrea, Andrea's health issues and the issues surrounding the health of her children. I mean, I don't know how she manages to write in the first place. It's extraordinary. She's got so much going on in her life, um, and you know she says that I can't rely on the book income at the moment. I'm having to rely on other income. I think she's relying on a a games channel, and I think her hubby brings in some income. So, you know, obviously the writing will still bring in some income, but not income you can rely on. So, wow, you know, what a, a raw and uh, we'd all like to be like Lindsay, frankly, wouldn't we? You know, earning a fortune and selling loads of books. But in contrast with Lindsay, when you hear Joe and Andrew, it's, it's really, you know, powerful stuff. It really tracks, you know, several paths that we take as authors, not just the Lindsay path, which is I'm earning lots of money consistently, which we'd all, where we'd all like to be um but wow very 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 powerful and a really good listener that says please make time to, to listen to that you know i think it'll um you know if you if you're feeling down about your writing or ever feeling down about your writing it'll help put it in some form of context and then the other link that I wanted to share with you this week is its uh, best practices from using the from the publisher section on Amazon. It's a blog post from Fussy Librarian. This is this is how you can kind of customize those those author pages. Now I've had a few skirmishes with this. I don't know whether I mentioned this to you on the podcast. Some some things I do and then forget to add to the, the notes. The, these pages and, and a lot of the um, the traditional publishers use these. They they have um, loads of book quotes and, and lovely imagery on these these about the author sort of pages. And I tried that and I, I think I tried to replicate what something like Rachel Abbott had done and I'd got wording on mine and it got it got knocked back. They said, we can't allow this because it's got wording. And there seemed to be two tiers of it. So that, um, you know, some people seem to be allowed to have quotes and wording and I, and I wasn't. And I'm assuming there'll be lots of other people like me who can't too. So I don't know whether there's a two track process with this it, about whether you're a mega author or not. But I, I, I had a little, you know, a brief skirmish with it, and it didn't work. So I was interested to see this post, which I haven't read thoroughly through, yes, or actioned. But I thought, ah, that's interesting. I'll share that uh, because it kind of gives you chapter on verse on, the, on best practice with what to do with that. And I thought, right, I'd like to visit that again. It's the sort of job I can do while I'm listening to a podcast. Uh, if i'm listening to a Sophie Hannah podcast, I could be listening and and sort of doing something that doesn't take too much concentration at the same time. So again, you'll find that on the show notes at selfpublishingjurdies dot com. Just look for this episode season five episode twelve. If you're looking at this in the future and you'll see that on the show notes. Okay, we're nearly there, that's the writing stuff done. I'm just gonna finish off now with personal news and my kind of healthy author update. So if you're just here for the author news, you can tune out now. As far as personal news is concerned, well, we've been to Lisbon, as you know. Uh, It was fantastic, really nice, had a great time there. All the flights behaved, uh, flights were all fine. Um, You know, no problems with COVID or anything like that. It's completely settled down as far as all that's concerned. Um, it was lovely in Lisbon, we've, we've I've been to Portugal twice, we had one of our one month holidays in Faro, is it called Faro, F-A-R-O, in, in Portugal, um, when the kids were younger, we spent a month there, we had an apartment in Faro there, which was, which was lovely, and saw the new year in there, it was lovely, we just um, went somewhere different from Spain for one of the months, and we were just near the beach there, that was fabulous, uh, we had a huge apartment, actually way, way bigger than I thought it was going to be, uh, right in the town centre there, so that was a great experience, and then my wife and I went to Estoril, uh, in before the kids were born. We were trying to work out what year it was. It must have been 95, 96, because our first child was born in 97. So we were trying to work out what year it was. And these were the days when you only had uh, traditional photographs. You know, we've just got a handful of traditional photographs there. So we went, um, you know, so I haven't been to Portugal in quite a while. Certainly not Lisbon. And I think when we went to Estrel, I think we spent a day in Lisbon, if I r- remember correctly. We didn't spend an awful lot of time in, in Lisbon while we were there. So we had five days there. We got an apartment uh, in Lisbon. It was very handily uh, positioned for the trams and for the trains. So we've done loads of travel, loads of walking. Trams are fantastic there. We went on a funicular was at, uh, that was at the end of our street. It was just basically like a kind of tram on a fixed rail that just took you up and down an extremely big hill. We uh, went to see a monastery, a castle. We went to Esteril, to Kashkash. Um They do lovely custard pies there. We got there's a time out building just near to where we were staying, and uh, they do traditional custard pies. And we got addicted to these custard pies. Every time we came back on on the train, uh, we walked through the time out building and got some custard pies there with our cup of tea back at the apartment. And the history of these customs, uh custard pies is it's in the, uh, at this monastery in Kashkash, I think it was. I think it was at Kashkaiş. The monastery Uh, the nuns used to use the egg whites to starch their their habits and they of course that meant they had loads of egg yolks left and so uh, traditionally they used the the yolks to make these lovely kind of custardy pies and they're now very traditional so we ate these traditional custard pies Uh, we went to see we had a long day we had a late flight back so we the, the guy who we were renting the apartment from it was an airbnb apartment um, we were due to be out at 10 o'clock in the morning he hadn't got somebody coming in so we said we could leave our bags there till five which was great because it meant we could use the last day fully um, so uh, but so we didn't do like thousands and thousands of walking steps like we did on the previous days we we needed to sort of keep our powder dry because we were getting back to the UK at midnight so um, we went to see a film while we were there all the films in Lisbon were in their native language with uh, Portuguese subtitles, which is great. It means you can go and see any film you want to while you're in Lisbon. So we, we did all sorts of stuff while we were there. It was lovely. Uh, had a lovely week. The weather was, was beautiful. I was in a, a t-shirt all week, which was which was fabulous. Um, so yeah, great, great week in Lisbon. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, and I think I said to you in last week's Diary, which was by quarter one, quarter two goals. wasn't sure whether I was going to run or not when I was in Lisbon. I didn't do any running. In the end, we walked miles and miles every day. I mean, we were using public transport everywhere, but we still ended up walking miles and miles every day. So I didn't, um, I didn't do any running when I was there. However, we arrived in the UK at midnight on Friday night. Stayed at a hotel on the airport. And then my car was parked in, in the airport in, in the morning. And I was very delighted to find that I'd got a, a hotel with breakfast. So my wife spotted it. We had a quick fry up on Saturday morning, nothing too heavy. I picked the car up from the parking space and we went to do a park run in Edinburgh. Uh, so we had a lovely park run in Edinburgh. That was fantastic along uh, along the beach by the estuary in Edinburgh. So I've now done three park runs in Edinburgh. I've done Holyrood. I've done that that one, which was called Edinburgh and I've done one of the parks. Is it Pollock Pollock Park or is that Glasgow? It begins with a P I think. I've done one of the parks in Edinburgh as well. I did that when we went to 20 Books in Edinburgh. Yeah, so I've done three park runs in in Edinburgh now, uh, which is fab. I've done another one in Glasgow and I can't remember what that one was called. I, I get them mixed up sometimes. So yeah, I did a 5K in Edinburgh on Saturday. I was back at the nature reserve on the Sunday. I did a treadmill run this Tuesday, and last night, ah, the clocks have changed in the UK now, so it doesn't get dark now till about eight o'clock. I went out with my running club for the first time this year last night, and it was lovely. There were loads of people that I know there, and it was chatty, and we were chatting and running, and they were doing my favourite run, which is the river run, where we go alongside the the, the river, uh, just out of the city into the countryside. It's one of my favourite runs I do with the run club. So it was fabulous to be out running with people again, So, um, so long as my kind of agenda allows me to, I'll be out running on Thursday nights now, uh, most Thursday nights, uh, and eventually uh, I'll start, they do a Tuesday night run, which is a 10K. I'll start, I'll have a smash ring of those because I don't don't want to do too many 10Ks in a week. So for instance, I'm about to do a 10K on this Sunday in Lancaster. I'm doing a Lancaster 10K, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, They do some lovely, they do some lovely races in Lancaster and Morecambe. Not only is it good for me, uh, get an inspiration for book writing venues but of course I lived there for years and a run I'm doing in Lancaster in I think it's two weeks time uh, actually takes me round where my wife and I used to live where we bought our first house and where I used to teach it takes me all round the rivers and where I used to take kids on nature walks when I was a teacher so you know I love I love doing these runs not only for the run but for the nostalgia and for the writing uh, inspiration too so yeah first club run outdoors last night Uh, I did my two way, I've actually, I've mixed up the exercises. You do the exercises I do after writing now. So on Monday and Wednesday, I did an hour of stretching exercises on Monday. And I've now got a kind of um, different series of exercises that are uh, are geared to get rid of your belly, (laughs) your middle-aged belly. So uh, they they were a bit tough too, those exercises. They wore me out. So I've just got slightly, mixing it up slightly on Mondays and Wednesdays at the moment. So lots and lots of exercise in this week. Um, and I'm still, uh, I am still need to kind of hunt down a Pilates session. Um, I've got some that aren't on Tuesdays, and th- uh, but I, w- I want one on a Tuesday and a Thursday because then my wife and I commit to it and do it every week. I'm not really looking for a, a one-off. I, I need to pick a night that doesn't interfere with running. So I'm still kind of hunting for the right thing. Uh, so yeah, this weekend, park run on Saturday, 10K in Lancaster on Sunday, the 2nd of April. So plenty of exercise stuff going on okay that's it it's nice to be back i don't think we're away for a couple of weeks now the next trip away will be when i go down to hull to do some locations research and then we're going across to rotterdam so we're not flying i haven't got any flights booked now until we go to malta in november so i think it's all ferries now and uh, sort of visits within the country rather than leaving the country so it's all going to quieten down for a little bit now it'll be more about running and, and running related trips that it will uh, going abroad for the time being. Um, so you're up to date. Uh, the, the the podcast diaries will just kind of continue to plot on up until the end of this season. So that is it for this week's show. Uh, thank you very much for listening as ever. And I hope you have a great week of writing, whatever you're doing in your author business. From me, Paul Teague, it's bye bye for now.